Morning, Steve. Morning, John. Uh, on this uh, almost almost the beginning of autumn. <laughs> almost, it's like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, this morning we're going to have quite a, a meaty discussion, John. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll just go straight into what we're, we're mm. thinking about. Um, the sexual revolution and the dominance of sexual politics is very much upon us and set, seems set to stay, especially in the form of the LGBTQ plus agenda. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of rehearsal. It does. <laughs> um, but how, how are churches to react to this? Uh, and, and every every pastor of a faithful Bible church is put on the spot by this and will need to give an answer. Mm. And in order to do that, we need to, first of all, understand the movement. And, and we're going to look at Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, subtitled Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to the Sexual Revolution, uh, which is quite a title. And uh, <laughs> But you know, it would be seen as the most honest and in-depth study available from a Christian point of view. The difficulty is that it is a dense volume of over 400 pages, which most busy pastors will not really have the time to get to grips with. Mm. So you and I both read the book yep. and yep. thought we would put together something by way of a brief introduction. Yep. So I'll get it, get it rolling, John, by asking you, first of all, why do you think this book is so necessary? Well, partly because I think there are already books out there from Christian publishers, which of course mean well, um, but probably um, they have kind of bought into some of the LGBTQ plus way of thinking, probably without even realising it, especially the authority and weight given to kind of individual experience over against the authority really of scripture. Um, so there are some helpful things in these books, don't get me wrong, um, but they can also have some stuff in them which is misleading. Um, of course, for example, we need to be compassionate, have compassion for all people, but as Truman um, says, we need to realize that what is and what is not compassionate may, must always rest on deeper transcendent principles. Um, enabling us to you know to see where we we're trying to direct folks so obviously he's directing us back to scripture there what would you what, I mean, what would you say steve well i would agree with you and uh, truman's book i think helps us to understand how we've come to where we are and this is what i found particularly helpful yeah. uh, and in doing that i think he prompts us to keep alert to the kind of thinking yeah. that can easily and subtly be more influenced by culture than by the Bible. And it's very easy for, for, for Christians to slip yeah. into this. That's right. So just tell us what this, what is the starting point of the book? Where does he, where does he really get off? Well, the, the, the book really kicks off by thinking about someone saying, uh, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body um, and asking how such a statement probably, which would have been met with blank kind of incredulity by our grandparents, how that has now taken very, very seriously. Um, so, so how we got there. So the book is really about how the culture, as you've said, and how we ourselves have changed in a way that such a statement as that um, is, you know, is, is given a lot of weight and, and you know, a lot of seriousness. 
Mm. And one of the things that struck me, John, was that his next comment after that, when when he when he said, makes that statement yes. about the the, the, the grandfather, uh, it's particularly important for pastors. Um, just let me give a quote. And those who think of it as meaningful are not restricted to the veterans of college seminars or queer theory or French post-structuralism, which gives you a flavor of the book. There are ordinary people with little or no direct knowledge of the critical postmodern philosophies whose advocates swagger along the corridors of our most hallowed centers of learning. So we, we need to be careful not to be sleepwalking on this matter. And, and I was thinking, even the young children yeah. in our congregations find themselves right on the front line. Yeah, that's right. So, so what, what's the, how would you describe the thesis of the book? Well, the thesis, I think, it, put simply, is that the sexual revolution has taken hold uh, and become so very plausible because of the way we see the human self. Um, that The idea of the human self has changed here, I, I'm going to quote from um, <laughs> Truman. Yeah. He says this, the sexual, sexual revolution and its various manifestations in modern society can be can't be treated in isolation, but rather must be interpreted as the specific and perhaps most obvious social manifestation of a much deeper and wider revolution in the understanding of what it means to be a self. Truman's a very, very good historian, and so the book kind of really unpacks um, um, the history of this development, um, you know, in, in, in Western thought, really. Mm. Now, you know, we said earlier, it's, it's a, a substantial work of 400 pages. Uh, so I'm now going to ask you, I invite you to Mission Impossible, John. So could you, could you give us an overview of the book? Yeah, I can do that. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> um, so uh, the main meat of the book has three parts. Um, the first two are historical. Um, the first historical part explains how the self sort of turned in on itself. Um, instead of a Christian view uh, uh, of the self, which really looks outwardly, doesn't it, to God for our salvation, our meaning, our identity, who we are, we look to God. Um, the modern self looks inward to its own feelings and thoughts to find its identity. And Truman here begins with Rousseau um, and takes us uh, through the 19th century romantic poets uh, like Shelley and, and through into Nietzsche, uh, Marx, Darwin, um, about showing us how, how this has worked out historically. Um, and in particular, here the idea is, he comes to the point where he says that, you know, people have come to think they can invent themselves, reinvent their own identity. That comes to the fore. So that's the kind of first bit, historical bit. And then the second historical part explains how our understanding of the self then became very much sexualized. And, it, and it's Freud who argued that we are fundamentally sexual beings. And this is where our true identity lies. Um, here, uh, the, the, the idea of, uh, it's interesting, the idea of oppression, uh, victimization, that begins to come in and, and there's a kind of a change there. We, we've become kind of psychologicized, if you like, mm, psychologized, yeah. um, yes. we're kind of inward. And so um, things like oppression are no longer seen in physical terms, you know, like being poor or being 
physically mistreated, but rather in psychological terms, uh, in emotional terms of feeling, um, you know, that we're not being allowed to be what we should be or are unable to be our true self, oppressed kind of in, inwardly. And so this leads to him, you know, saying that you know, this idea has taken over and so now all institutions, presumably including the church, uh, must adapt to reflect a kind of an inclusive mentality so that people are free to be themselves. And this is, this is therapy culture. So, so that's, the kind of, um, that's the kind of beginning of them. And of course, these ideas have now been taken up by what is known as the new left um, critical theory, um, which sees the world exclusively in terms of power, uh, those who have power, and, and those who do not, that's the kind of main, that is the dynamic of the world. And, and therefore, things like church and family, who have always been the guardians of traditional sexual behaviour, they had the power, uh, you know, these folk would say, um, they have become the enemy um, and must be attacked, uh, uh, dismantled. Uh, you know, so we are right in the front line when we yeah. try to stand... Yeah. For, for you know for, especially for god's god god's views of of, of sex and sexuality yeah so that's that's, 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 a, that's you know that's, that's yeah. kind of historical no that's history. helpful that, that that's really helpful and 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 you know because we both read the book and we both thought quite a bit about it that that really does help i mean one of the things i found myself um he he sort of he's throwing out things all the time that can get you thinking biblically. For example, you've mentioned their sexuality, but the other thing, the whole biblical doctrine of embodiment, yeah, yeah. Uh, the creation of the physical. You, you remember um, C.S. Lewis's old line, God loves matter, he invented it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the embodiment, and we're not meant to be disembodied. Mm. And this whole thing tends to be separating the, the person from the body so radically, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and where does the book go from there then, John? So the final, final large section of the book uh, takes us through the triumph, you know, there's, there's this resonance with the title, the triumph of eroticism, uh, therapy culture, and transgenderism. Those are the kind of big things. So the triumph of eroticism in our culture kind of reaches a climax, a peak in the prevalence now of pornography, um, especially online which of course dislocates sex from anything meaningful or transcendent. Yeah, yeah. It's just an animal function. So that's, you know, and, and, and he says, that, which is interesting, this not only expresses the revolution, but is actually destructive of traditional culture. It is a death work. That's the word that's used in the... Yes, he elaborates on that, doesn't he? Indeed, yeah. indeed. And then secondly, the triumph of the therapeutic is explored really in terms of how landmark judgments, especially in the US courts, um, uh, in various cases in recent years have been decided in terms really of what is popular, what is emotive, uh, rather than being rooted in, in principle, rational principle. Um, and then thirdly, the triumph of transgenderism, again, is very interesting. But here, um, Truman uncovers some of the tensions, some of the disagreements uh, within the LGBTQ lobby, which is really only held together uh, by seeing traditional society as the enemy. So, so, so those, that's where he goes 
in, 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 in that last section of the book very briefly. Mm. Uh, yes, and I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it, it, the book is, I find, a powerful caution against being drawn into pornography. I know this is a slight spin-off, yeah, yeah. but because he anticipates the trajectory, you know, the, the continual pushing of the boundaries and normali normalization of extremes. So, I mean, this should put us on our guard about the whole question of pornography. Uh, and, and I think strengthen our resolve. Um, and you mentioned about the legality question and the legal situations, and he, do, he does cite a couple of landmark cases, doesn't he? But Truman's example of these cases, that they're being driven by emotivism, yes. popular thought, should really give us cause for concern and shows that we need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen something of our, your last comment illustrated when J.K. Rowling was attacked for defending womanhood and, yes. and uh, yeah. you'll recall she defended it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but that's a good example of that's exactly right. what's going on. And, and, and the momentum is increasing, I think. That's right, because transgender wants to say, well, there are no fixed genders. You know, it's exactly it's I want to be kind of thing. And she's saying, well, yeah. actually, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. Yes, I noticed the other day that, that uh, National Geographic ran a program on exactly that this whole thing about the fluidity of gender. Right. And this was on, uh, you know, mainstream uh, National Geographic TV. Did you have any quarrels with the book? Not really, um, but uh, the only thing I would say is, and I think probably other people have said this, I would have liked it to have been more obviously rooted in scripture. Um, it gives a very fine historical analysis of our current society. Um, and of course, Carl Truman is a historian, I think, basically. Yeah. Um, and does a very fine job. But I, I think the Bible itself gives crucial commentary on what is happening um, in passages, of course, like Romans 1, 2 Timothy 3, etc. And I would like to have just seen a little bit more of that, you know, in this. But obviously yeah. you can't do everything in a book, you know, he's, yeah. he's done a very fine job. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I know some people have felt that there's not enough practical help offered, but as Truman himself said, you can't do everything in one book. Right, um, although I do think his final chapter does offer a framework for thinking about it, and, and, and which hopefully would lead to thoughtful responses and actions. Yep. So as you're looking at it, John, what do you think the church needs to do? Well, first of all, of course, I think what Carl Truman is telling us is that we need to have, you know, we need to think more deeply. We need to be really talking to each other um, as, as biblical Christians about this. Um, and, you know, especially be, be thinking about how we can look after people, how we can look after the churches and stay faithful to scripture yeah. In, yeah. In, in this. And for me, I had kind of three takeaways of uh, briefly as follows. They are identity authority and community <laughs> i think those are three areas we need to obviously um, pick up on first of all identity if the root of the sexual revolution comes from a misunderstanding of the self um, then pastors need to be teaching biblically uh, to teach biblical truth on, yeah. on the self and who we really are especially um, as made in the image of god so that was the first thing we need some teaching on that Secondly, that whole area of authority, what really um, drives the church? Um, is it the Bible? Um, does the Bible really have the last say in the church? Or is it what feels good, what's yeah. comfortable, 
of what you know what, what you know what looks good even um you know those things and i think there are some big issues to be faced here for the church because i think we do very much tend in terms of you know, what do we look like all the time to the outside yeah. world um you know but using the title of steve mccalpine's new book um are we ready to be thought of as the bad guys you know yeah. and are our churches ready to cope with that so pastors need to teach through this whole area i think about authority and lastly community um the churches need to become much much more like families um people find themselves within a, a loving family community uh, churches need to become healing communities who can generally gen genuinely look after people in in what is a, a bit of a crazy mixed up world now we need along with that um, a new humility a new humility um, knowing that under the lordship of christ every saint has to put up his hand you know every saint has a past we're not perfect people yeah and yeah. also under under christ as people come to christ every sinner has a future you know we're not to look down on anybody um, and just to have that kind of spirit every saint has a past every sinner has a, a future uh, with, with christ so, so I, I want the churches to become much more uh, like that anyway that, yeah well so I, yeah. I think we're we're i think we're agreed and you can see even discussing this a cup of coffee is definitely required um but that um carl truman has really given us a lot of help yeah. here about yeah. the future discussion of how we go forward i think that that's that's undoubted um perhaps i can just say to to those maybe tuning in um we hope you found this helpful uh and to say john has written a, a booklet uh, on this uh, book and reviewing and the, the issues entitled lovers of themselves if i'm correct john and it's free. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah let me let me commend it to 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 those of you who may be listening or watching pastors can't really sit back on this one the issue is already here yeah. and we can expect more to come and truman's book helps us to be better prepared perhaps we will let scripture have the last word john i was thinking about 2 corinthians 10 you know that wonderful statement the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world yeah. on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ so that's a good note to end on john Absolutely. God bless, Steve. Bye-bye. And you. Thank you very much. God bless.